In this episode of Wisdom Talks, John Barter explains how the world runs on and is fueled by eight conditions, namely gain and loss, happiness and misery, praise and blame, fame and non-fame. It happens that uh, there is uh, another set of four for uh, principles, teachings, perspectives that I wanted to uh, share with you. Just goes to show that the, the Buddha's teachings are vast. And we think, oh, there might be just uh, um, maybe four sets of four, but there's uh, many, many sets of four teaching principles. And um, so I thought to uh, share these with you because they, they do very much relate to, to life, to the world, to um, regular life, to worldliness, and can be made good use of. There's a song that goes something like, uh, We Are the World. So uh, the clip has a lot of people singing it. It's a really uh, big sort of feeling uh, song. Um, it's one for one of those live aids or band aids type things. And the principle behind it, yes, uh, we, we are the world. Um, every individual is part of the collective part of the, the world, the world of humanity, part of the world, this, uh, this blue planet that um, spins and uh, spins at a, at a distance of 350,000, oh, sorry, 300 million kilometers away from the sun. And it uh, moves at uh, 110,000 kilometers an hour around the, the sun, so fast that um, you know, it's almost... Uh, Amazing that we can stay on it. Gravity is a wonderful thing. But, um, and yes, so that's very much as we've been reflecting, especially a couple of weeks ago, the four great elements, these bodies that, that we have, uh, that we could become so identified with and as, are made out of the four great elements that, that the earth basically is and that, that the universe basically is. The, the fact that uh, these bodies are made of the stardust and, uh, the very essence of the whole universe. But uh, as well as that, um, we are the world in terms of the collected mental force, um, ideas, opinions, judgments, um, philosophies, psychologies, and so forth. That has been humanity as well. But uh, more than that, we're not just um, the world, we are worldliness. And especially the sense of self, the egoic self, the uh, what I refer to as the psychological relational tool for interfacing externally, internally, is uh, very much made up of uh, worldliness. But it doesn't have to be worldly. And uh, this is a, a teaching of the Buddha, which is described as um, the uh, Lokya Dhamma, so from the ancient Indian language of early Buddhism, Pali, Lokya meaning worldly or uh, mundane. Dhamma in this sense isn't so much uh, truths but more phenomena. And generally Lokya Dhamma is translated as uh, the ways of the world or worldliness. And as I suggested in the beginning of the meditation, to uh, see the possibility of the mind connecting to an awareness of life uh, beyond being caught into worldliness. 
So meditation very much offers that that opportunity to to simply be aware without uh, being mediated and moderated and engaging through the worldliness, which um, is fundamentally, yes, it's happening, but it also is the source of stress, angst, frustration, irritation, and suffering. And we could even say that uh, much of the Buddha's teachings is uh, a, uh, a discussion, a reflection, a, a pointing to how the mind can be released from engaging from worldliness, being caught up in worldliness, and with the ultimate liberation of uh, enlightenment. So what are then the, the worldly dhammas there? often spoken about as eight worldly dharmas or eight worldly conditions, but they're actually four, four pairs, which is why I'm sort of speaking about them in the context of a, another set of four. So the four pairs that make up the eight worldly conditions. So they are basically um, gain and loss, uh, praise and blame, happiness and unhappiness, and fame and non-fame. So obviously there's a positive side and a negative side. So the Buddha said two and a half thousand years ago that um, the world and worldliness orientates and is driven by these, these, these eight, eight phenomena, these um, four polarities, these four pairs, and that um, they do become a great source of stress and suffering, especially, especially if the individual, if the person, if the egoic mind is seeking after just the one side, the positive side, seeking after the gain, seeking after um, um, the praise, seeking after the happiness, seeking after the, the, the fame, and not accepting that, that the other side goes along with it. So that where there is, where there is gain, there's going to be loss. You know, even if it's not my loss, it's going to be someone else's loss. And the fact that um, we've appreciated that Sabe uh, Sankara Anicca, all things are impermanent, that no matter how much we put effort into and motivation towards gaining, getting, having, holding, being, becoming, still chances are that it's going to change and be lost at some time. And certainly, uh, uh, we are the sum total in terms of our body and our sense of self of, of yes, great gain, but also of, of great loss as well. And even in that, loss doesn't always have to be bad. Sometimes you can lose, lose a bad habit. That can be good. <laughs> um, get rid of things you don't want. But it's certainly part and parcel of life. And the same with um, um, praise and blame. If we're just seeking the praise then yes, that, that's nice. It's nice to be praised and certainly our, our sense of self likes to, even needs to have praise. And we don't, if we don't get enough from other people, then we need to fill up with our own self-appreciation, um, respecting, knowing our virtues, our values, our wholesome views and our vision. We spoke about that, that before, the, the four V's important for nourishing a healthy sense of self, but at the same time, there will be blame. Uh, sometimes it's um, unreasonable blame, misdirected blame, uh, for whatever reason. Maybe even from people that we love, people that we care about, but they blame us for whatever reason. Sometimes it's uh, 
um, unreasonable. Sometimes it, it is quite reasonable. Yes, what I did, what I said is is worthy of uh, of being spoken about. Um, blame for something. Yes, you're the one that did that. But uh, the problem is, again, if we're only seeking, wanting, holding on to the positive, then it becomes a source of stress and suffering when the negative side happens as well. So gain and loss, um, praise and blame, happiness, happiness and unhappiness. Certainly the motivation behind most human beings is, is seeking some, some form of happiness. That's been said by saints, sages, um, saviors, scientists, psychologists, that more than anything else, human beings do seek to be happy. Uh, the underlying fundamental motivation is some some form of happiness. And yet the problem is that the happiness that we tend to seek uh, is, is not sustainable. Um, if, if the happiness that uh, certainly the Buddha spoke about as an unconditional happiness, the happiness of uh, the mind freed from identification with the egoic self, uh, the mind freed from confusion and ignorance and so forth, that's the ultimate happiness, but the general happiness that people seek from things, from um, the weather being nice, from um, the body feeling okay, from getting some praise, not the blame, and, uh, and so forth, uh, it's, it's not sustainable. We can put a lot of effort in, but there's going to be times when those things don't work. And if we're clinging and holding on to just the happy side of things, then great disappointment, great distress, great despair, even depression, because we're wanting and expecting it always to be nice and that we should feel happy. Uh, and then the, the last one, um, fame and non-fame. So where there is fame, um, if you know, great to um, have some fame, but also know that it's, it's impermanent. It's, it's fragile. It's, it doesn't last. And often the fame of one person comes at the non-fame of another person. Everyone can't win a gold medal in the race. <laughs> um, now even uh, on, the, on the podium, the Olympics is only like, uh, what, three, three places? So someone's got to lose. And, um, and the person that maybe uh, won, uh, won this year uh, won't win next time. The person that won last time won't win this time. That's, that's how it is. But again, if the mind is holding on to that fame, I've got to have it, becoming identified as the most famous person for the whatever, then in time it'll, it'll be lost. And, and this happens in all domains of life, whether one is um, um, noted or famous or the, the top of one's job um, um, or uh, one's sort of beauty or strength or whatever it might be. It's going to be uh, toppled at some time or other. This is one of the one of the challenges and also the tragedies of people that um, really get into the limelight, get focused on, and become famous and amazing. Especially in terms of uh, the arts, you know, because they're the people we tend to hear about, famous movie stars and musicians and so forth, and um, and then they're not getting as many uh, many jobs or gigs or music. Um, and so forth. People aren't buying their records, their albums, and it's it's incredibly challenging. Unless they have a wisdom approach to that, um, 
which uh, you know certainly can provide an arena for accommodating that loss of fame and someone else doing better. But we hear about the ones that uh, that can't handle not being up the top and go to drugs and go to alcohol and go to um, um, ill health, even suicide, because they become so identified with I'm the top, I'm nobody, my life is worthless if I'm not at that, that top level. But again, this is just the way of the world. So being able to be aware of these eight worldly conditions, these four pairs, and yes, they're there, and at times, yes, there will be, we will experience um, um, gain, we will experience um, praise, we will experience happiness, we'll, we will experience um, some degree of fame, even if it's only in a small scale, you know, for five minutes. But it's about not being identified with that or as that and knowing that it, it will change. So a wisdom perspective on this. There's a discourse or a teaching of the Buddha called the uh, Loka Vipati Sutta. And the um, uh, one translation of that is the, the failings of the world, where the Buddha speaks to a group of monks about these eight worldly conditions, these four pairs, and saying that the wise person appreciates that they're there as part of the world, the worldliness revolves around these, is able to experience them, enjoy the, the positive side, but doesn't seek after the positive side, appreciates, appreciates when it's there, but does not despair when it is not there. And um, I think that sometimes it's really helpful for us to remind ourselves of the worldliness, the ways of the world, because um, um, just in regular life, stuff happens. You, know, you get blamed for something, um, or you, you don't have an opportunity. Somebody else gets the, the praise, or the, someone is in a better situation, they're happy. And we can note, okay, this is just the way of the world. Uh, the positive, the negative, the good, the bad. It is how it is, and I don't have to become so caught into that. Especially bring a, a wisdom perspective to the situation and are able to see it with, with clarity rather than just going into emotional angst and upset and reacting. And uh, because the reaction from a stress response doesn't, doesn't hold the clarity, doesn't offer wisdom, doesn't offer compassion for someone that maybe they might even be blaming the wrong person. Uh, they might even uh, have um, heard something that actually isn't true. But if we, if we get caught into it, then we easily react. Uh, reacting, resisting, denying, distracting from from what is, and causing ourselves and others more problems. It's a bit like, um, as an example, uh, there's a little story. I'm not sure how real it is. It's about uh, the Buddha, and especially with regards to um, uh, his approach to anger and and blame. The story goes that there was a uh, a man that uh, would take delight in uh, going around different spiritual teachers and trying to unsettle them, trying to upset them, trying to sort of um, show them to be um, uh, a charlatan, a mockery, and so forth. And um, uh, so this chap went to the Buddha, heard that this this guy, the Buddha, is uh, wise and very calm and collected and wise and uh, compassionate and so forth. So he said, okay, well, I'll test this guy out. And so he came and started to uh, get angry with the Buddha and uh, um, saying horrible things, unpleasant things, and uh, 
calling him a wastrel and um, taking advantage of people and eating his arms food that he shouldn't because uh, you know um, he's not worth anything. And the Buddha listened calmly. And then once the guy had finished, uh, the Buddha said to this man, um, "Good man, tell me, do you have friends and family?" And he said, "Well, of course I've got friends and family. What do you think?" You know. Um, um, and so the Buddha said, "Okay, so um, with your friends and family, if you're invited to dinner at their place, do you take along a gift as a, as a guest to offer to your host?" And the guy said, "Well, of course I do. What do you think? You know, um, you should know that." And more anger and more sort of um, blame and so forth. Um, and the Buddha said, "Fine. And uh, if your if your host does not accept your gift, doesn't want your gift, what do you do with it?" He says, well, I take it back home with me. I take it back to my place. So the Buddha said, well, your anger and your blame, I don't accept it. You're going to have to take it back home with you. So in that same way, someone might be blaming or, or saying things that are upsetting, distressing, overwhelming, and so forth, but we don't have to accept them. We can, maybe we hear them. You can't, can't stop hearing them, but you don't have to take it personally, be upset by it. You can go, okay, well... This person is caught into uh, the um, worldly dhammas, the ways of the world, and um, this is happening. I don't have to uh, react to it. Um, if if they have some degree of blame or anger, I can listen, assess whether it's appropriate or proper or helpful or there's some learning in it. But otherwise, um, if not, then don't have to take it to heart. So obviously, there's a there's a lot that we can learn from from this, especially the, the ways of the world. The world is out there, or it's always in us, essentially, but uh, the world is out there and it's, it's, it runs on and is fueled on the, uh, these eight worldly uh, conditions, these four pairs. And the idea is to see, see them, but uh, to not be caught into them, to, to be calm, aware, wise, equanimous through the, uh, the winds or the ways of the world and to be able to be in the world, but not of the world, so to speak. And one doesn't necessarily need to be a Buddhist monk or a nun for that to occur, but to be a, a wise person, living, learning, growing, evolving from, from our experience of life. So um, these eight worldly conditions, or four pairs, can be worthwhile to remember and to bring to mind, especially if you find that you are getting into and focusing on the positive, attracted to the positive, only wanting the positive, fearful of the negative, identified with or as the, the positive, because um, if that happens, then we could be setting ourselves up for uh, upset, distress when the negative does occur. And maybe even to reflect, well, of these of these four, especially the positive side, which which do I easily get caught into? Which do I tend to seek after? Do I do I seek uh, you know, more gain, I'm wanting more of this, more of that, a bigger one of these, a faster one of those, a red one of those, a younger one of those, um, more gain, or is it about more praise? I want to I want to be praised for what I do. I seek more of that. Then maybe I'll get a, a better position in the in the company, seeking more praise, or or simply happiness. I want more things to make me happy, or more fame. I want to be famous, I want to be the, the top whatever. So note which one might be um, attracted, uh, attractive to you, which one you're attracted to, 
and uh, be careful about that. So any, any questions or comments uh, about the uh, four pairs of worldly conditions, the four pairs of the ways of the world? Yes, I, I mean, I, I just wonder if John went back to the Pali and, and the like, whether it is happiness or, or Buddha was trying to express something else like, you should go for contentment, because I think happiness with a capital H, yeah, well that's, get a younger one, get a... Yeah, sure, so that's it's translation and... Um, uh, the word, the word sukha, uh, which is generally translated as happiness, but um, it's more of a worldly happiness as opposed to an ultimate, unconditional happiness, or the highest happiness that the Buddha spoke about. So they spoke about three levels of happiness. There's mundane happiness, worldly happiness from nice things, uh, feeling okay, and so forth. And there's a a, a higher happiness that comes from um, feeling good about uh, being generous, being kind. But still, still that relates to being able to do things, being having a sense of self that one's, one's identified with. I'm a good person and I feel good about myself and I'm generous and I can be helpful. But the highest happiness, the highest happiness is the happiness of the mind that's liberated. Freedom. Nirvana. And, it, and again, it comes down to translation. Even um, I printed off this discourse and... Um, they even use, um, well, they use pleasure and pain, uh, which tends to be a bit more physical. But happiness can be more of an emotion than, say, pleasure, physical pleasure. Pain's a bit more than physical. Um, there are often different translations of these, these um, eight conditions. This one has gain, loss, status, disgrace, censure, and then praise, pleasure, and pain. The actual um, the Buddhist dictionary I have downstairs um, has a couple of different words as well. And you can use whatever word works for you to get a sense of um, what it's about. The uh, beauty of the teachings, uh, which is about a mindful relationship to experience, uh, where there is a breathing space of clarity to, to see or to discern um, someone or something external, or even internal, noticing uh, noticing that thought, noticing that negative thought, uh, because these worldly conditions they're not just out there being imposed upon us, the world against us, but they're very much also in our, in our own mind. Um, the thoughts and mental states and emotions that arise as these in our own in our own mind and heart, and especially being able to see them there. And then identify them also outside as as well with with people and um, um, politicians, politics, regimes, situations. To see it occurring, so life becomes this wonderful opportunity for learning and growing and evolving. Certainly, um, like politics revolves around those those eight worldly conditions. And, you know, the, 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 the gaining and the praising and the, the fame and the happiness of all of that. And then, obviously, attachment to that and then the loss. Well, sort of, um, I guess it's to do with that sort of blame and um, praise thing as well. That got me thinking that, you know, sometimes it's about something before, the, what am I trying to say, 
I guess the reaction, like you know, you can react to someone's blame right. or and then or whatever their accusation, and and it's like thoughts not even there. It's like just reaction. Yeah. And so, and that can just keep happening. And um, so I suppose it's you know just about practically a restraint to reaction mm, mm, before mm. you can even. I don't know. There's just a whole other thing going on there. Yeah. With praise and blame and. Um, well, that's that's the amygdala response, that uh, fundamental primal response, um, which comes from uh, a fear, feeling feeling attacked and so forth, and it's it's a difficult one. But the more we are mindful and exercise the brain through meditation, so there's less of the amygdala overriding or, or empowering the prefrontal cortex of our brain, more able to bring calm and clarity to the potential surge of um, uh, emotional impulse and then offer some wise words or clarity into a situation. And that's one of the great benefits of meditation, to be able to uh, um, engineer or sculpt our, our brain towards a mind that has that, that uh, greater potential. Otherwise, you know, be just sort of reacting impulsively and making a real mess of things. So the, the fundamental teaching here is to be aware that life is happening. Um, there is the world. The world is happening. There is worldliness. Worldliness is happening. But um, it's about uh, not becoming attached to just the positive side because the negative side will be there as well. So yes, there, there will be the experience of gain and praise and happiness and fame um, but also there'll be the other as well just as just as that's that's life but we're not seeking and holding on to and then rejecting and being overwhelmed by the negative it's it's seen with um, with calm with clarity with equanimity with wisdom because it, it's it will happen so uh, do see if you can uh, Remember the eight worldly conditions, those four pairs. So um, gain and loss, praise and blame, happiness and unhappiness, fame and non-fame. And notice them coming up in, in the mind. Notice them happening in your life. And uh, be careful not to become just attached and holding on to the positive side because the negative side will be there as well and to the degree that we are clinging and holding on to the positive that degree will determine what degree of stress and suffering disappointment uh, is experienced so have a mindful week and see you next time that's all for this episode until next time head over to wellawareness.com.au and discover what's on offer to relieve stress and suffering and enhance your health and well-being from one-on-one counselling related to many issues facing individuals in today's modern world to meditation courses and retreats.